0: Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports tips, ratings and education, which enables you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com and start boosting your betting bank immediately. Hello and welcome to the Winning Edge Racing Review Show. We're looking back at Derby Day and it was a high-quality day of racing, a little bit wet at Flemington, but we certainly saw some top-class year in action. A little bit later on, we'll also give out some analysis of the Melbourne Cup. But before we get into that, we must highlight what was a day of huge profits for our members. Derby day can be tough at some, but the winning edge analysts were well and truly right on the money. It was led by Dean's Tips, and that seems to be the theme for the last couple of months. He was up 34.5 units profit for the day. Winners included warning at $10.10 in the derby, Miami bound at $8.60, fierce impact at $8.50, exceedance in Dallas, and, and then just to top it off, then also landed the Quadrilla at Flemington, which paid in excess of $2,100. John's Analytics also had a big day, up 11.5 units profit, four winners from eight bets at an average price of over $6. Luke Murrell's Tips also had a big day, up 10.1 units profit. Winners include Sandbar, Colding, Tally, Sammersdat, and Capital Connection. WA Tips and Ratings had a clean sweep, going 3-for-3 three three at Ascot, 100% strike rate, with Sir Mambo at $6, Think What You Like at $2.90, and Sam's Dat at $2.60. Then to top it off, the Greyhound Genius had a fill-up that night as well, up 9.90 in its profit. We're now joined by Cameron O'Brien from WA Tips and Ratings to go through Derby Day. G'day, Cam. How was the weekend?
1: Yeah, uh, interesting. Obviously, and Derby Day is you know one of the great days on the calendar. So it was fascinating racing. The uh, the weather wasn't great in Melbourne, but um, there but was good racing. Some very serious horses, and there was a couple of good races in Perth too. And uh, some some nice horses over there had had a couple of nice winners there. Um, and yeah, so good racing all around. But obviously busy now with the Cup Week and looking towards tomorrow and who everybody likes in in the Melbourne Cup.
0: It certainly is a great couple of days for the Flemington Carnival. What were the highlights for you on Derby Day?
1: Yeah, my, well, there was a few highlights. I mean, the 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 Coolmore Stud Stakes was a really high quality race. Some really serious three year olds in that. That was a highlight. Um, the Derby's obviously a highlight in that it's the main race of the day. That it's it, the winner's gone well, but he's gone, he's gone sort of about what a lot of these winners do. Uh, and and uh, the Cantala Fierce Impact went pretty well. But yeah, I would have to say. The Coolmore was the was the the highlight of the Melbourne one for me, but just how qu- high quality that race was, and those three horses are.
0: And it was a great day over in the West for you as well.
1: Yeah, three bets for three winners there. Um, a nice horse there as well, uh, which we'll talk about a bit later. Sam is that winning one of the one of the, the Group Three races? Uh, Found line really well, but um, yeah, nice day there.
0: One hundred percent strike rate. You can't do much better than that. Let's delve into Flemington in more detail, and we'll kick it off by looking at the Hotham Stakes with Downdraft taking out the race en route to the Melbourne Cup.
1: Downdraft has Frank that Moody Valley uh, Gold Cup form by winning. He went 113 in the Moody Valley Gold Cup, off a best overseas, 114. He's gone even better. He had a bit of a turn of foot um, and went 116. And so he's gone really well and gets in the Melbourne Cup. That makes him a genuine chance in the race. Cariff come out and uh, has got gone to a new a new top there and in running second, but doesn't get to the race and there's big margins to third in, with a zero. But yeah, Downdraft is with his 116 is a chance in the Cup. Uh, I'm a slight query about him getting the 3200 metres, but uh, but it might be he's won a 2800, so I might be a little bit little, not a big query, but um just just on the line. But, yeah, he just might be fitter for that one, but um yeah, he's gone well. It was, was a good hop on the handicap. Oh, stakes.
0: And the other horse, which is in the cup, is the chosen one. What did you make of his performance?
1: Yeah, he's gone off a bit for me since since winning that Herbert Power. Yeah, he's um, it, been disappointing since then. I, I don't think he's going to feature in the Melbourne Cup.
0: And then onto the Empire Rose Stakes, and we had Kiwi Mayor Melody Bell, dominant on her way to scoring her tenth Group One win.
1: Yeah, putting together a really good CB actually. It was a real winner. Rated 114, which is a really solid figure for a mare group. My mare is rated well, um, and found the line really well. It's yeah, it's turning into a very serious. Although already was, but it's just really proving it. Aristia's gone to a new level in second, going 111 off best, a lot of best of 106 prior to that. And Spanish Reef has held its form. That saw it win at Caulfield, um, going 108, gone 108 again. But yeah, the, the story of the race is Melody Bell, who was a classy winner and just uh, really looked too good from
0: thinking about backing her up in the mckinnon would that be a a, a wise move do you think
1: yeah yeah absolutely um, I, I couldn't see any reason why not she's shown that um 2000 meters is okay and yep i think it would be right up a rally. she's won several times on the wet over there but she has one on the dry over there too but flemington flemington wasn't it was it was wet but it wasn't like a bog like they get in in new zealand it wasn't you know one of those heavy 11s they get over there and flemington Drained so quickly that it always sort of races well. It's you know it was a soft track year that helped her, but if it was rock hard, yeah, like if it was rock hard on on Saturday, which it won't likely be, but if it were, then that would be a question mark. She obviously likes a bit of the cutout as a lot of them do.
0: With, with the weather in mind, what kind of track are you working off for for Tuesday for tomorrow?
1: Yeah, for tomorrow. Well, there's no rain forecast for tomorrow. There's been a little bit today, so I'm I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking it will be improving. Vastly from tonight and through the morning and into and into the afternoon, it's currently being it's well earlier today it was assessed at a soft six. I I think it'll be if they don't get any more rain between now and say when the races start. And, and I'm just looking now at the updated prediction, but they haven't been predicting it. Yeah, there's, there's still no no prediction of any. Well, there's only a 20 percent chance of rain, so we can virtually say that they're not going to get any rain tomorrow. Then it'll be up towards a good four by the time they're racing. That's yeah. how well it drains. If you remember Cup Day last year, as soon as it stopped raining, it just improved straight yeah. away. I'm not. It won't be wet. Soft six. It'll be a five. It'll be. But you know, mid morning. I, I think. I think it'll be a five to a four, which is spot on for Cup Day.
0: Tuesday looks the only day where there's no rain forecast, so it could be interesting for Oaks Day and uh, Saturday as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, agree. The um, the that'll throw the Oaks into a bit of disarray because Wednesday there's the, there's a little bit of rain. I mean, there's one to three mil, two to five mil. But but if it rains during the program, then on two to five mil on Thursday, if it rains during the program, that's where the track can get cut up a bit and um, and it doesn't get its chance to improve, especially this will be the third day of racing. But again, it's such a good track, Flemington that. I need a lot more rain than that to turn it into a bog. But it, it, I, the question then will be with all the racing on, it does a, a bias or a pattern start to come out and, you know, do they need to be on the rail or do they need to be out wide, that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to watch how it progresses tomorrow, but it should race fine. The it shouldn't be with no rain. There shouldn't be any biases unless something random springs up. But, um, and then it's a matter of, yeah, how much rain they get Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And this. Rain forecast for Saturday as well, but but again, it's a maximum of sort of eight mils on Friday, six yeah, mils on Saturday. Much. No, no, it's not much. They'll get some, but I I, de- I, doubt it'll be, I doubt it'll be that, that you know, really impactful on the track.
0: We then saw a great battle with some serious, serious 3 rods and it was Exceedance who took out the Coolmore Stud Stakes.
1: Really good horses. Exceedance, Bivouac, Libertini. And then I've run the those three, the three that have run the trifecta, and they've rated really well. Um, Exceedance has been... Finding the line well in Sydney and has gone to 115, which is a new top. It's a great figure for a three year old. Um, And Bivouac has had 114 ratings three times and had done 115 once, has now done 114 again. So, in one, two, three, four, five, uh, in uh, four of his last six runs, he's rated 114 or 115. So, very serious horse. And you know, they can consider themselves unlucky. To have found one better yeah. by rating that high and not winning the race, Libertini's got a wonderful turn of foot, and she'd had seven weeks off of it, or six weeks off into this, and been sort of prepped up to win it. And she's got 110. She did 113, strangled the three starts going to Sydney. Um, so good horse. You know, they're all very good horses, and um, and and going ahead. You know, it'll prove to be a, a strong you know race for all of them going ahead.
0: You could probably run that race 50 times and get a different winner most of yeah. the times, I think, just depending on luck like in running and track conditions and yeah. distance, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that's right. And Bivouac sort of looked a winner there at one point. I thought Libertini was going to get over the top of them there at one point. She's got such a good turn of foot, I thought that was going to happen. But, um, yeah, it, but exceedance was just strong. And um, as I say, that that was that was pound for pound the best race of the day for mine. I mean, it, it wasn't the highest rating race, but given they were three-year-olds, what they rate compared to what three olds are supposed to—that's yeah, it was pound for pound the best. Best it was the highest quality race of the day, uh, for sure. The Derby was the main race in three olds, but they've gone better in the uh, Coolmore comparatively than they have in the Derby.
0: Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, we can see these three olds around for upcoming seasons. It's great to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, they don't rush off to stud, but there's that expectation that they tend to. But yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. Yep.
0: Yep. Then in the Derby, we had Warning scoring an authoritative win. Thanks to a great ride by Damien Oliver. And this was one which was also identified by Dean's tips at
1: $10.10. Got to a silly price in the end, really. Got out to about $10, double figure odds. Um, they went nuts on thought of that and this kind of thing. And um, thought of that, just uh, didn't, get, didn't get it all his own way this time. And, um, and he was a query at 2500 anyway, by thought. And, and just, he just didn't quite run it out. Uh, warning back to Flemington, he did not like Caulfield. He's kind of like, um, and declare he just did not get around Caulfield last time, and he didn't get it run to suit when he was there. When thought when thought of that lead and and just kicked away. Warning was back and had to circle around and and then and then found the line really well, but it was the bird that was often gone uh, in that race. But he's gone 110. He'd done 106 in his previous Flemington run. Did 105 when completely not suited at Caulfield, and he's gone 110. And yeah, that's that's pretty good for a Derby. It gives Southern Moon the. The horse who came out of the Geelong race 103, beaten 3.5 lengths uh, and and 101 for Solpatch which is 4.5 lengths less than what he did when winning at Mini Valley so he was a bit disappointing, it was a disappointing one for me, Solpatch only managing to do that not get anywhere near his 110 but warning loves Flemington, His 106 where he won over 1800 was brilliant it was 106 plus and that was you know, the run of a Derby horse and he was Derby favourite I think after that, well Shadow Hero might have been but he was right up in the market Shadow Hero disappointed greatly um, as well, uh, but um, he was a bit keen in the run too. And warning, just a brilliant ride, actually, Oliver. He posited he's never been that close before, um, and he posited up, you know, just on the leaders' backs. And once he got to the front, with given he's got such a strong finish, he was going to be pretty hard to run down. And yeah, that's why he got away on won so well.
0: We move on to the Cantala, and Fierce Impact just continues winning the big races and this was another one which was identified by Dean's Tips.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he held, well, as good as held his TURAC rating, his Turak handicap winning rating, and he's got 114 and 50 stars, has got back to his best in second. The only query about fierce impact was if he would hold, and he, and he has, because it was a bit of a spike, but he has, it was a really high figure, and he's held it, and he's gone well. Cascadian's gone pretty well in third, and Soci Bond finished off pretty well again as well. Uh, Big odds uh yeah the race has gone fairly well it's for him to go 114 uh yeah he's he's a pretty good horse actually fierce impact
0: it was a beautiful ride by craig williams from that wide gate as well wasn't it
1: yeah it was he's he, he's pulled out a couple of peaches recently um the ride on castle vecchio in the cox plate was a brilliant ride as well And uh, i'm personally hoping he pulls out a ripper tomorrow on van de clare
0: and as we mentioned earlier, before it was a great day for you at Ascot on Saturday as well. Let's have a look at some of the main races.
1: Yeah, there's two Group Three races. The first one um, was Race Seven, the Asian Bow, and that was uh, one of my tips, which is Samazdat. There was it was an interesting race actually because Samazdat was in really good form and had gone um, 106 and 107 uh, in uh, in two runs back this preparation and it was just look, you know, finding the line well especially last start and so it looked a natural same same track and trip it looked natural to do at least that 107 possibly more already had a 108 last prep and so i'm thinking well this horse is going to do something more but the favorite in the race was regal power who was uh who was first up from a spell and it was the derby winner in the autumn now a four-year-old at uh, the wa derby, derby that is um as uh, now a four-year-old and and i thought to be honest that this would be a bit you know a bit sharp for him first i've been trialed up three times and won a trial well as well and so we thought all right well they're getting him ready uh i, I didn't think he would do 100 and he, he did 108 when he won the derby i thought oh he probably can't do his 108 but he has he's come back going 108 and he ran second he was beaten a length and a half still by samistat so we got the money but um but samistat's gone 109 so this is a this this is rated well this is rated quite well samistat's gone 109 um in the end we samistat actually did start fave. regal powers about was about 2.20 in the morning, got out to about 2.60 or 2.70. Uh, but Regal Power's gone 108. So he's gone to his best. He's gone to his derby-winning figure first up over 1,400 metres. So what that says to me is that he's got something better to come this prep in all likelihood because 1,400 is not his best trip. So if he's going 108 first up, then there's something good in store for him. So look out for what Regal Power goes in. I don't know what the plans are. Obviously, Grant, Alana Williams and, and Willie Pike will be in some good races. And you'll but look, look out because, as I say, going 108 first up that's not his top. I was flying 109 and might even have a little bit more yet fourth up. So whatever whatever it's in next will be hard to beat as well. But they're two very good horses. The third horse went well too. Perfect Jewel, Went 107, which is a good figure. Just uh, just couldn't quite go with the other two.
0: Real Power and Samizdat both nom for the Kingston Town. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, could I'm be not interesting. Surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real Power would be a good one to follow into races like that. Samizdat, um i would think is a lot closer to its top now than what regal power is so regal power might in a few runs be turning the table but right now Stats in top form and the, and the other one the other one was Race at the prince of wales which was another group three and flirtini who uh disappointed a little tiny bit first up when, when beaten as fave but uh found top form's got 108 which is uh just uh, it's gone up basically nearly 108 and a half so it's only got about a half point off its best so it's come back well from the spell and rated well. Misty Metal was a bit disappointing. It was second fave first up or equal fave first up here, and it's got tops of 114. It's got solid 111 figures as well. It's only on 106 first up, but it'll be fitter for it. You'd think maybe it was a bit a bit underdone. Um, with it had about uh, nearly six months off, uh, about five and a half months off. But um, it'll be aimed at races like that too, like the Kingston Town and that kind of thing potentially, if they can get that far. Stage Man ran in third and was is a solid horse who's rated 108 or 107 in all of its last six runs and has, again, gone 107. So it's now done it seven times in a row. And, um, and yeah, so that was a good race as well. It's rated pretty well. Uh, Flirtini, 108, is very near its top and can win again. And Missy medal, yeah, you'd, you'd think would be improving out of that run.
0: It looks like there's some strong local hopes for the upcoming Perth Carnival, doesn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah, there are, and and there's always good ones, you know, coming through. Um, Perth has shown this spring in the east as well that you know the Perth horses need to be taken quite seriously. They're very good horses, and these figures they produce are good. Um, you know, we got Misty Metals 114 at its top, and we were just talking about how fierce impacts done 114 in Melbourne. You know, um, these are these are these are serious horses, and that they're, they're really looking forward to. I, I never look forward to the end of the Flemington Carnival, but the fact that we then move on to Perth's big races is well and truly a you know a nice sort of uh, a, a, a nice swap. So yep. that, that's coming the railway pretty soon after the Kingston Town, you know, and then the Perth Cup a bit later on, of course, as well. So, yep, there's plenty to look forward to in WA. It's
0: a nice later start as well. We can get through the races in Melbourne and Sydney and then kick on to Perth later in the night.
1: Absolutely, yep. And follow my girl Jade McNaught. She's a star and she's still got her claim. So she, uh, she just knocks up riding with us at the moment. She's just brilliant. She's a great rider. Really, she's, she thinks about her rides really well. Like you know, it's, She's not just sort of jumping out and wondering what, what she's going to do. She's always got a plan. So, she's a really good rider.
0: We'll follow her with interest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's really all in Perth. We had a good day there. And Ascot tomorrow, looking to have a good day there as well as obviously, obviously. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody will be having something on the Cup, obviously.
0: What are your thoughts on the Cup?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, very very open as everybody says because it is the overseas ones don't have any um they don't have any advantage this year the the last couple of years when those uh four-year-olds in our time were getting the 51 kilos like cross counter did they were getting in too light that's been closed up the four-year-olds now this year have got 52 and a half the ones that have come over and they don't have the figures cross counter had leading into last year either so they the the, they are a chance those four-year-olds but for me there's it's it's a lot more open as a result. They've just fixed that little thing. Um I think that Constantinople is the one to beat, uh, courtesy of having no luck in the Caulfield Cup and found the line really well. I think it'll get the 3,200 meters and be really hard to beat. But I but I I don't have I've got it on top, but only just a little bit ahead of Val and who I think is set to run a huge race. Val de Clare, as I said earlier, wobbled around Caulfield, didn't handle Caulfield. Needs a big track and a big to unwind. You know, his big one pace. He just likes to unwind, like he did at Eagle Farm earlier in the year when he bolted in up there. He already has shown that he loves Flemington. He will love the Flemington thirty-two meters. He'll absolutely eat it up. He he brained them in Brisbane when when there was good pace on over the three thousand meters, and he just soaked it up and powered away from them he will Twenty barry 21 is not a disadvantage for him as long as he gets in because they wouldn't have wanted to draw inside on him anyway he's not a you know little cute horse who can who can just dive through a gap he needs to get out in the middle of the track and stretch his legs and wind up and and that's what you'll get the chance to do as long as he's gotten cover mid-race and uh and i think the other is going to run a huge race a big chance to get an australian victory
0: it's certainly about time so that would be great to see uh anything at longer odds that's got your interest
1: yeah, uh, well, this this the, of the overseas ones, Paradiso. It's not huge odds, but it, it, it's it's a chance as well. One who is not the silliest each way bet of all time is Sound. Uh, Sound was knocked over as 100 to one, so we're talking small bet. Uh, was knocked over in the uh, Quarter Cup by Murder Glass as it knocked over a few of them, and still found the line okay and has has some figures to work up towards. I, I think it'll improve sharply on the back of having no luck in that race. At 100 to 1 each way, it's worth a little something, you know, a little 1 by 3 sort of ratio, so that you're having more on the place. Because I don't really think it can win, but unless it, for it to win, it would have to be a Prince of Penzance type scenario where a lot of the fancied ones bailed for whatever reason and he was able to do his figure, which was enough to win. Um, Prince of Penzance's figure, interestingly, was about 116. And a lot of these horses do about that. Um, but uh, he had you know, a bit of weight relief there that day. And Sound doesn't have much weight. Sound's best about 114, 115. But if he went to that, could definitely place and is going to be, I don't know, 25 to 1 or whatever the place. So that's a little roughy to have a little something on each way. And you never know. If you're getting 25 to 1 a place and it, run and then it, and it just grinds its way in a the third, then you're still pretty happy to, get it, to, to collect the 25 to 1.
0: All right, mate. Best of luck tomorrow. And well done again on a very solid weekend.
1: Great. No worries. Thanks, Brad. And uh, yeah, best luck to everybody out there tomorrow on Cup Day.
0: At Winning Edge Investments, we have a team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters who review the data, crunch the figures, and assess the best betting opportunities, which are then delivered straight to your phone or inbox in real time so that you profit.